The movie line that keeps coming back to me when I watch the tragic consequences of Germany's dependence on Russian natural gas, oil, and coal is from The Natural. Maybe you remember it. Robert Redford plays a gifted baseball player, Roy Hobbs, who on his way to the big leagues falls to temptation, has an intimate encounter with a woman, despite the fact that he has a betrothed at home. But he ends up getting shot and doesn't return to baseball well for years and years. I won't go into more detail, but on the eve of the big game, the old old wound acts up and puts him in the hospital. And he says, I guess some mistakes you never stop paying for. That's a scary thought. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples. One's pretty obvious, taken from the headlines. The other maybe more profound, but not as easily identified. See, when I see the picture this week of, oh my gosh, there's so many of them, of the barbarism of Russian soldiers on Ukrainian civilians, I can't help but think of the European Union and Germany in particular, who refused to sanction Russian exports of oil and gas, which not only makes the response to the Russian invasion far more ineffective, it literally finances Russia's invasion, which, by the way, was finally admitted this week by the EU's foreign policy chief, Joseph Borrell, who stated in quotes, each day roughly we're paying 1 billion euro to import Russian energy, and that obviously a source of income that's used to finance the war. By the way, he went on to say that the invasion, since the invasion actually, the EU has paid about 38 billion US to Russia for energy. And why are they continuing to buy Russian oil or gas or coal? Well, it's because of a massive mistake. Germany actually consciously chose to be dependent on Russian oil, natural gas, and coal. It was by design, even though they were warned about the danger. They then compounded the problem by adopting unrealistic green energy policies. I mean, they decommissioned nuclear plants, and the only replacement energy could come from Russia. They relied on the intermittent power of wind and solar. Again, the only backup power, when the wind doesn't blow, sun doesn't shine, has to come from Russia. I mean, it's a monumental head shaker that this was their conscious choice to put their energy fate in the hands of Vladimir Putin. And this is despite, by the way, keep in mind, in 2014, Russia invaded Crimea. So how are we surprised they came into the rest of Ukraine? I mean, you like stats? In 2015, after the Crimea invasion, 35% of gas consumed in Germany came from Russia. Today, it's 55%. I mean, it was official policy that has literally, as we said, helped finance the atrocities in Ukraine. And sadly, we haven't seen the end of it. As we said, some mistakes you never stop paying for. Which leads to that other big mistake, arguably more profound. But maybe not so obvious, although the results are. I mean, we're looking at energy shortages, record prices for energy like coal, gasoline at the pump, diesel too. Natural gas prices have more than doubled, which now has pushed the cost of fertilizer up even more, led to higher food costs. And now many, thanks to the invasion also exacerbating the problem, many experts are warning of massive starvation in some developing nations. As I said, the results are obvious. But how do we get there? How do we make such obvious mistakes like thinking we could eliminate fossil fuels immediately as some climate activists demanded or put an end to increasing oil production despite the growing demand? Or how do we go 20 years or more demanding renewable energy without a plan to produce necessary resources? Come on, we are 14 years past the first government tax credits for electric vehicles. And literally, it was just this week that the federal U.S. government admitted, hey, 
We need 98 times more charging stations just for the government to go electric. I mean, I hate the cliche, so pardon it, but I hate, I mean, it's, it wasn't rocket science. If you want electric vehicles, well, you need resources, copper, lithium. And if we're going electric, then we need charging stations. The Canadian federal government seemed to have just figured this out this week. If we want renewable energy, we need to plan. So the budget promises $2 billion on a program for a strategy to accelerate the production and processing of critical minerals. I mean, nickel, lithium, cobalt, et cetera. How can something so obviously be overlooked, though, is my point. Come on. If we're right, it doesn't matter if we're talking electric vehicles, wind turbines, solar, we need resources. I could give you many more examples, but here's my point. I think it comes out of the fundamental of no questions allowed attitude. Where anyone who questioned the green agenda was vilified. I mean, don't even dare ask something so fundamental as a cost-benefit analysis. We'll point out the transition to renewables would take something like two decades at best. And that demanding an immediate end to the production of fossil fuels was incredibly unrealistic. But it was treated as tantamount to heresy. I'm not going to do justice right now to the danger of no questions allowed attitude. And it's so evident in so many areas. But the green agenda is certainly topping that list. But questions are the foundation of progress and innovation. It's through questioning that we see the holes in our reasoning. Yet we've rejected that approach. Come on, we vilified medical professionals who questioned the official response to COVID. We still do. We do it in climate change. Now, as I said, obviously, this is a much bigger subject than I have time to go into here. But I'm going to finish with what the prime minister himself said last month, although he does not walk the walk. But in quotes, talking with people who think differently from us is how we challenge ourselves. And challenging ourselves is how we grow. Well, there's too many areas we've absolutely rejected that approach.